0: This program is supported by Amgen. Amgen strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies for patients with serious illnesses. Learn more at amgen.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Caring for a parent through breast cancer can mean sometimes handling the kinds of responsibilities that your parent once handled for you and having to manage your own emotions while supporting theirs. At times, that can prove to be challenging for everyone involved, but it can also create some beautiful life moments and lessons. Our guest today lost his mom to breast cancer in May of 2012, and now gives back by serving as Director of Learning and Development at Susan G. Komen. Here to share his story and to honor his mom's legacy is Nate Adams. Nate, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. Well, man, I'm I'm, I'm really glad to talk to you. I love talking to to different family members that have been affected in so many different ways by breast cancer. So let's start with your family's story. Can you tell us and, and, and just walk us through your mom's breast cancer journey?
1: Yeah. So I think like anybody who's probably impacted by any type of disease, right? You think you're just kind of the normal family, nothing really exciting going on. Um, and then one day uh, I came home from college uh, with my with my now wife and my parents kind of sat me down and, and told us in, in 2008 that my mom had breast cancer. And um, <clears throat> it was definitely kind of a Surprised, it's not what I thought we were going to hear that weekend. But uh, she, you know, started to go through the treatments and um, thought thought it was wasn't a huge deal. And she went through them through about 2009. Um, you know, she did chemo and and all the the typical procedures. She ended up getting a, a double mastectomy as well, just to be be safe because we we thought we caught it in time. And then turns out in 2010, we discovered that it had uh, metastasized to her bones into um, some of her, her other organs. And um, so she started treatments again. And uh, in, in 2011, we, we actually had found out that it had traveled to her brain as well. So um, she had to have some additional surgeries and have a, a piece of her skull removed um, in order to. to do some procedures, and uh, at that point, you know, swelling never kind of went down, and things never got back to to where they really needed to to be in order for them to to move on. And then um, she eventually went into in home hospice uh, in twenty late twenty eleven, and um, passed in in twenty twelve.
0: Wow. Well, thank you, thank you for sharing that story. I know that's difficult, and so I want I want to I want to step back for a minute. You mentioned that you were in college at the time. And you came home and your parents set you down and walked and and kind of told you. I mean, I wonder if you because that's such a a difficult process, and because every family sort of handles that in their own unique way, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about the nature of that conversation, how they approached it, just so we can understand that that part of of this story. Sure. It
1: you know, being a college student, right? You're you're very self-focused and self-centered. And you know, I, I heard the news and I I really wasn't affected that much. You know, I it, it didn't really hit me what kind of a big deal this was. You know, I'm from small town, Oklahoma. You don't know many people that uh, had had breast cancer. And the, the one individual that I did know that had breast cancer, um, you know, with my limited knowledge, fought it extremely well did treatments uh responded really well to treatments uh and is is still alive to this day um she was a really close friend of my mom's actually and so you know when my parents told me I was just kind of thinking okay so like I had this perception that a you know we were invincible uh, I come from a, a family that has a lot of medical background and i I was just under the perception that breast cancer wasn't that Big of a deal. Like if you just if you just fought hard enough and you just believed enough and and you you, you know put forth the effort, you know anyone could get past it. I just kind of had that really naive uh, young young person invincible mentality about it, and so I was really nonchalant about it. And and I think that when they sat us down and 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 told us, you know, I could see the the pain and the the anguish in their eyes, but. It, it didn't really hit me until a few years later that this this was a serious thing and and you know now seeing the forest through the trees uh, I wish I would have done a few things differently but um, it was definitely something that I, I probably didn't take very seriously at
0: the time well you know I, I think we all look back on on so many parts of our lives and think that same thing. So I, I, don't, I don't think you're in any way uh, unique in that respect, but I appreciate you sharing that because I recognize how difficult that must have been. Um, so, so you mentioned that your family's in healthcare and I imagine that meant that there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of caregiver roles and a lot of caregiving uh, available from your family. Tell us about what it was like during those times for you as a young man. I mean, were you the one taking care of your parents?
1: Yeah. So I mean my dad, of course, he was he was like the real hero here because he he was uh he's a he was a hospital administrator. So he was running a hospital. Uh and you know, that's definitely not for the faint of heart. And then also being there to to take care of my mom and and take her to appointments, you know, in Houston or San Antonio or wherever it was, he was always there. And um I think it really ran him ragged at the time uh and he's 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 a pretty strong man, so he handled it really well, and I think hit it pretty well but uh i I did have to serve as as caregiver at times for my mom much much fewer than he 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 did of course, but um it was hard, you know, and I think seeing someone that always took care of you and now you're taking care of them, and you know as my mom's cancer. You know, went to her brain. We definitely saw her change, and um, at times even kind of revert back to like a a childlike state. And I remember there would be times where um, I would either go to you know I would I would meet meet with my dad in Houston at MD Anderson, and we would swap out for a few days because I was in college. You know, I it was okay if I was if I was missing some class, I was okay with that um, to go spend some time with family, but. Um, you know, it was really hard. I I found myself having arguments with, with my mom about the smallest things. And now that I'm a parent, I kind of, I, it it was almost like, you know, a kid I I was taking care of, but I was, I was 21, 22 years old at the time. And it was, it was really hard. We'd have arguments that, you know, she wanted donuts for dinner. And I would say, mom, you, you need to eat more than just the donut for dinner. And, uh, it was tough and, and we would have arguments. And, and when she had a piece of her skull removed, you know, my dad was like, make sure you wear, she wears her helmet when you're taking care of her, if, if you have to go somewhere. And so she wouldn't want to wear her helmet and we would have arguments about that. And um, one, one time specifically, I remember for dinner, she did not want what we had and she wanted a pancake and, you know, being a college student, I was very, very uh, not good at cooking <laughs> And I called my, my girlfriend who's now my wife and I said, Hey, you've got five minutes. Here are the ingredients I have. What can I what well, how can I make a pancake? She wants a pancake. Just I have like water, flour, <laughs> and maybe some sugar. I need a recipe for a pancake. Call me back in five. And sure enough, she did it. She she googled it and and found it. And I made her pancakes and she was really happy. But it was, it was just so challenging. Like I have so much respect for people that are caregivers, um, either just for family or that's their full-time, you know, gig. Because it it took such a toll for me. I wasn't prepared for it, um, and I I I was glad I got to spend more time with my mom in those situations. You know, and get to spend some time with her. I wish I would have done it more, but it was it was. So taxing and so hard at that age. Um, I, yeah, I, it was just something I'll never forget. Uh, some of those those long weekends or days I spent with her um, and covered for for my dad while he was was working. It was it was just really tough.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I I can I can only imagine. Uh, and thank you. You know, thank you for sharing that. So. So you mentioned care, um, advocating for care is is just so important. Uh, can you can you share a little bit about how an action by your brother allowed your mom to be uh, to be at a significant event in your life?
1: Yeah, um, bless my brother because uh, he he is a doctor and um, an MD, and after my mom had started going through treatments for um, you know having uh, the cancer moved to her bones. Um, you know, she was going through treatments, and, and there were some things that just still weren't right. And she had gone to numerous appointments at, at numerous places, and we just felt like she wasn't getting any better, and, and they didn't know why. And we started noticing a real change in like her cognitive functions, and you know, her ability to focus, and and she. Would fall asleep a lot and and there was just a lot going on and and my brother had, had done quite a bit of research um, and he told my dad hey when you when you take her next time you 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 make them do a brain scan because I think something is going on uh, with her brain and I think you really need to check that out and so my dad did that um, followed my brother's advice and, and they were kind of opposed to it and they didn't think that it wasn't you know, it's not going to reveal anything, but they finally uh, relented and did it. And sure enough, that's when they'd seen the the tumor in her brain and, and that everything had uh, really metastasized there as well. And they were able to take action. And so uh, they think they caught it just a few months, probably before she would have passed. And so she ended up having uh, surgery. And like I said, they removed a piece of her skull and it relieved some of the brain pressure and were able to, to get a majority of the tumor out at the time. Uh, and that allowed her to attend my my wedding <laughs> and see me get married. So I know that was that was one thing I was always worried about. As as I got you know a little bit more understanding about how serious this was, that you know will my mom get to see me be married? Will she get to see me have kids at some point? And and though I didn't get the latter, um, I was I was really fortunate that my brother advocated for that and um, pushed for that so that. We were able to get her some help and um, a few months later after that surgery, she was able to a- attend the wedding and um, and so we had pictures from that day and I got to dance with her. So it, it was awesome.
0: Man, that sounds beautiful. Uh, and that's so that's so important. We talk about on this show all the time. this The importance of being willing to advocate uh, for yourself when you know, when you know there's something going on, um, and so it's it's it is important to work with medical teams. It's also important, so important to advocate. I'm so glad that your brother and your family did that. So, so tell me how how has your experience changed how you parent and how you just live your life in general.
1: Well, it's definitely it's definitely made me more. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's cliche to sound that to to say this, but you know, you you live a little bit more in the moment and. Um, you're 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 not as willing to, I don't know, spend time on the things that that bring you down um, and the, the the those types of things in life. You know the drama. You 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 want to enjoy the the time that you have together as a family and um, live in the moment. It, it's also made me obsessed with. <laughs> maybe too much, maybe in a negative way, uh, taking pictures and, and videos of my own kids. Um, because I remember when my mom passed, uh, I looked back and I went back home after she passed a few weeks and and started combing through photos and videos and and trying to get them, turn them digital, so I could preserve them. Because I knew, you know, I wanted kids at some point. I wanted them to be able to see her and. Uh, not only in pictures but videos to like hear her voice and and see her mannerisms. I thought that was so important. So, um, you know, I know now with my kids, I've I've got three little ones, and I try to just capture every moment that I can with them so that they can watch it later. Um, and then, you know, same thing with with us, with my wife and and with me. Like I want them to see us in videos. <laughs> like I think we live in a time now where technology is so cool that we have. The ability to document all of those things so that people can see them uh, later on in life, and you know, my kids constantly ask about their grandma and what was what was she like and where she at, what is she doing, and um, but it's nice to be able to like show pictures. So I think just really capturing moments, and and now as I'm older, I think about the things that stick most with me and my family are not you know, the, the toys I got for Christmas or the things that I I received from them. It was the memories that we had. It was the family trips. It was the uh, destinations that we took. It was the experiences that we had, even if it was just like swimming in the pool all summer, you know, as a kid, like those are the things that I remember. And so I want to make sure that, uh, I parent that same way too you know they're not going to remember the toys that i i gave them or, or the items um they're going to remember these fun experiences that we had as a family uh, and so i try to try to live that out because i want that to stick with them as, as long as i possibly can
0: man i, I love that and that's so beautiful and, and it honestly it makes me think you know as a parent i'm, I'm a parent as well and and we tend to t- to take photos and videos of the kids and just the kids, right? And that like because we want to we want to remember them as kids. It never really occurs to me that they might want to remember us at this age as well. And maybe maybe we should be in some of those videos, and some of those photos as well. Not just not just behind the camera. Um, that's a really really beautiful thought. I appreciate you sharing that. Okay. Um, so so Nate, la- last question: What advice would you give to a listener that might have a family member currently undergoing treatment? Cool. Um,
1: I mean, it's tough, and every every experience is different. Um, I think, from from my perspective, I would say, don't don't pass up opportunities to spend time with that person. You know, once again, I think uh, I was a, a very selfish college student at the time you know i was living my life um i didn't want to go back to my small town uh, i was enjoying being you know almost 4 hours away and it almost seems like an inconvenience to have to go back home and you know and even before my mom had you know i knew she had cancer i felt that way but after her diagnosis you know it didn't change a whole lot for me and i wish I wish I would have spent more time making the trek home and and spending more time at home, and um, you know, I have a degree now that I don't do a whole whole lot with. I I definitely wish I would have spent more time with my my mom uh, when I had the opportunity, and um, and I think some of that too was you know just the feeling of being invincible and that oh she's going to overcome this, and then it eventually turned into a feeling of. Trying to just run away from it, I guess. And I think that was part of the reason why I didn't want to go home towards the end, too. It's just so tough to see my mom, you know, in a hospice bed in, in our living room every time I'd go home. And so I think I even tried to just avoid it. But, you know, now, you know, looking back, I, did, I wish I wouldn't have some of my most lucid memories, I feel like, with my mom, Arwen. You know, she was bedridden, and um, those were some of the things I remember the most. Versus, you know, when she was first diagnosed, and so I wish I, I wish I had more of those memories. I wish I had more pictures and videos of those times, and even, even some of the silly things that she said. uh, I know it wasn't her. Um, Those, those were things that you know, my wife and I still talk about. And we, we, we just remember her by that. It was just so, so funny. And and she had, she still had a sense of humor. It was just different. And those are the things I remember. And I wish I would have spent more time trying to capture that and, and living in it and enjoying that moment uh, with her and just making the most out of it. Uh, so that'd be the first thing. And then I think the second thing would just be um, advocating. Of course, I think it's so important because it did, I think, preserve my mom's life just, you know maybe just another year but man a year is a long time when you think about it um, so i'm super thankful for that but i also think just understanding what people are going through i didn't fully understand either what she was going through because we didn't know what resources existed we didn't you know i i didn't have someone sit down and talk to me about it other than my parents and and of course they did the best job that they possibly could but i didn't always understand why my mom couldn't Get up some days. I didn't always understand why she couldn't do something as simple as, as walk to the end of the driveway. I just thought, just, just do it. Like it'll make you feel better. Just do it. I, I was just, I didn't think about all the different things that are happening um, from a biological level when someone are, is is going through this. You know, there's there's anxiety, there's depression. I think about my own family, and if I had to sit down and tell my kids now that. You know one of us could possibly die from from a disease. Oh, it would rip me apart. And so you know i didn't I didn't really put myself into that person's shoes when my mom sat me down and told us told us that. I'm sure she was thinking the same things that I think about now, which is, you know, will I get to see my 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 son get married? Will I get to see my grandkids? I'm sure that crushed her. And you know, I just didn't think about things from that perspective. So, I think it's so important to to be considerate and be understanding, whether it's family or whether it's a friend, um, and just be there for them to listen and understand, because uh, you don't you don't truly know what they're going through.
0: Yeah, no, you don't, you don't. And, and Nate, I just want to say to you, you know, thank you for for being real, uh, for being authentic. Thank you for for sharing your story and and even your own struggles throughout it. It's been honestly inspiring. Um, And and just really profoundly um, eye opening to me in so many ways. So, thank you. I think, thank you on my behalf, but also on behalf of our listeners as well. Thanks for joining me today. Of course. Thank you so much. Thanks to Amgen for supporting this podcast. To learn more about Amgen's mission to serve patients with a cutting edge, science based approach, follow Amgen Biotech on Instagram and Facebook.